is with us and he's not he's not left us we're not on our own actually that's what he came to do he wants to be with us so this morning we can take comfort in that and let's just ask him right now as he's with us to speak to our heart this morning so lord we thank you today we thank you for this time that we can come together and we can sing these songs these songs of praise these carols lord that are traditional that maybe it kind of takes us back to another time but Lord, we thank you that more than that, you are the God who said you are with us. Lord Jesus, you are with us today. We thank you for that. We thank you for your presence because it's your presence, Lord, that sets us at ease. It's your presence, Lord, that begins to create in us a place for miracles to happen. And so, Lord, that's what we pray today, that you would change us and move us and shape us to become more like you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. Well, good morning. Let's see if I can get through this. Uh, I'm going to get through it. Yeah. I, <laughs> all right. Easy now. Shots fired. Uh, so, uh, yeah, sorry about last week. Uh, um, but I will get through this one today. And we're going to go to uh, Luke chapter 2. So if you're turning in your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, so, uh, yeah, last week was a little bit of a scare, and I kind of want to talk about that today. Um, not, not about that incident, but uh, just about the, the fact that sometimes we get fearful of things. Anybody get fearful of stuff? Uh, a few weeks ago, um, it was on a Wednesday night, and I was kind of wrapping things up. Everybody had left Bible study, and I was over in the office, and I was turning lights out and turning things off, and, uh, I was in the office part, if some of you guys, if you haven't been in there, some of you know what I'm talking about that, that have, uh, there's an office part that, that we use where Andrea's desk is at, and I was in that part, and I was turning the lights off, and I looked through the door into the conference room, and I began to see something, and I was like, thought, I was like, ah, shit, that's nothing there. I, I can't, that, that's, that's, that, that can't be anything. And, and I kind of walked up closer to the window, and about that time, Kate jumps up, says, ah! Ah! Scared me. And in that moment, I was, I was just like, all right, Kate, I'm going to get you back. And so it was a few weeks later, she was in here turning off lights after Wednesday night, and I came around the corner, and I said, Kate, rah! And she was scared. Um, fear is a thing that can grip us. Fear is a thing that can, um, you know, really consume our heart, consume our life, consume our mind. And um, this week, you know, it can disturb our peace. And this past week, my peace has been somewhat disturbed. Um, last week, I just probably might disturb your peace a little bit. Uh, and so um, there's, you know what, sometimes there's fear that, that grips us. And um, this is kind of when I began to think about what I want to talk about today. Um, it took me to the story in Luke chapter 2, and that's kind of where I want us to go. Um, see, fear not is a common command in the Bible. We hear it over and over. Be not afraid. Fear not. Have, have courage, right? And there's all kinds of things that can disturb or disrupt our peace. Like, you know, almost like Star Wars, there's a disturbance in the force, right? You kind of feel like that. 
there are financial issues that disturb our peace. There are relationship problems that disturb our peace. There are health scares that disturb our peace and disrupt things in our life. So what if during this time of Christmas, what if I'm not experiencing the very thing that I'm supposed to be celebrating? What if that? Right? We talk about all these things that we love. We talk about these things that we want to celebrate. But what if I'm not experiencing that? What do I do with that? What if in this time of year, actually, things seem to be more tense and more stressful? What if in this time of year, things tend to be maybe more frightening? Maybe, maybe there's greater depression during this time of year. Maybe there are things that you remember in years past and you long for those things and they're not there, right? Or maybe people are not there. And so our peace is disturbed. So what if I'm not experiencing the very thing that I am supposed to be celebrating? What consumes your thoughts controls your life. What consumes your thoughts also controls your peace. So let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, and in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quinarius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. How many like good news? I like good news. So usually we fear bad news. They, he says, Fear not, for I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger and suddenly there was a lot uh, with the with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace say that with me that word peace one two three peace glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased See, the first Christmas, while they were just living life, God was working his plan. Uh, they had all kinds of things that could have disturbed their peace. If you start looking at this story, uh, they didn't just want to travel to Bethlehem. Um, it was because if you read the beginning of this chapter, it's because Caesar Augustus decides he wants to do something. Everybody needs to be registered. So their travel is because... Caesar wanted something to happen in his empire. And so they began to travel because of something Caesar declared. But even beyond that, 
this was more something that God had declared, right? Sometimes we think that there are ultimate powers, but then there are greater powers than those who think they're the ultimate power. And so when you look at the story, there's a lot of things that begin to work and together to create this story. And when we see that this Christmas, there's just they're living life. They have an unexpected present pregnancy, right? Uh, it disrupts the relationship because Joseph is like, what's going on here? You're pregnant. It's not mine, right? Uh, how, how many of you know that's an awkward conversation? Yeah. Um, and, and so this unexpected pregnancy, uh, there is relationship questions already. There's an external circumstance overflowing into their personal space. So what's happening in the empire is overflowing into their personal life. And it's like, hey, I didn't really really want to make this trip. So uh, it wasn't like we were just planning to go to Bethlehem. But now we've got to go to Bethlehem because Caesar wants us to be registered. So let's take my pregnant wife and put her on a donkey and let's travel all the way to Bethlehem to be registered because Caesar wants us to be there. Right? So it's all these things. And so it doesn't feel real spiritual if you start looking at the practicality of things, right? When you start looking at it, it doesn't feel very spiritual at all. We have 2,000 years of history to look back on and say, oh, but this is the Christmas story. But in the moment, in the day, it did not feel like a Christmas story. It felt like a headache. It felt like fear. It, it, it felt like a disruptance, a disturbance. And so the first Christmas was anything but feeling like the first Christmas. And we see the angels in the story that we just read, this passage. It says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. That he is here to give us peace. But how do you get that? Right? How do you get that peace that we so desperately want? Sometimes we feel like, I just I don't know where to find peace. Anybody you ever looked for peace with before? And, and, and so for many of us, is, is we're asking that question, where do I find peace? This, this word peace, uh, when I was in college, I was having to study uh, Greek, and uh, I, love, I love languages. I'm not good with them at all, uh, not even the English language, and, and you know that just hearing me talk. But I love language. I love words. I love what words mean. I love the etymology of words and where they come from and how they got to where, you know, what some of the things that we say today. And there's, there's a word that I had to do flashcards on. And Raina, before we were married, she would come over to my apartment, and she would help me do flashcards with, with studying Greek. And so she would uh, give me the, the Greek word, and I would have to, you know, give the translation for what that was and, or vice versa, right? Uh, and, and I would have to come up with this. And there was a word that uh, meant peace, and that was the word arene. And it helped me because it sounded like her name, right? Reina, Arene. And uh, it's so sweet, right? And, uh, but that's just kind of, it just kind of clicked. I was like, oh, Arena, you know, Arena. Oh, I get peace from this, right? You're helping me out. Uh, and, and so we're doing these flashcards, and I'm, 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 I'm trying to think about this word peace. And so it is a Greek word, and this is what it means. It's not just the absence of conflict. It's a wholeness in the middle of conflict. And, and so we know that the entire Bible was not written in Greek, right? So if you get to the, before that, the Old Testament was written in um, Aramaic and uh, Hebrew. And so if you start looking at what is the Hebrew equivalent to Arene, it is the word 
shalom. You've heard me talk about that word before, and I love this word. I think it is a beautiful word. Shalom is a word that really means well-being in all aspects of life, physically, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. That's what shalom means. There's like four dimensions to this, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. And it means to have well-being in every one of those areas. It means this, and I, I love this. It meant, may all that you need for your well-being today come to you this day. For, for everything that you need, may it come to you today. So how do we get it? How do we find peace? How do we, how do we get through this? You don't create shalom on your own. That's what you have to know first. You don't create shalom on your own. You can't just work that up. You can't just take a pill, right? It's not found in a bottle, uh, whether it be a pill bottle or a bottle of alcohol. Uh, you can't find it in illicit relationships. You can't find it in sex. You can't find it in, uh, in just trying to climb the corporate ladder and hoping, you know, at some point I'm going to hit that level where there's just peace. That's not where you find shalom. You do not create shalom on your own. Peace is given as a gift. And this one we're talking about in this series, the gift, this is one of those gifts that we see. And when you say, where do I get peace? I want to find peace. How can I find peace? Peace is a gift. Peace is a gift that is given. John 14, 27. I'll just read it off the screen. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So it's not something that I can work up. It's something I have to receive, and it's something I have to receive specifically from Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world. See, there's a contrast here. It's, there's a difference here. The peace that the world gives is fleeting. The peace that the world gives is fickle and temporary. It's here one moment, it's gone the next. It's like a vapor, right? But the peace that Jesus gives is eternal. And he says, I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So once again, we see this, this fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be afraid. So you don't create shalom on your own. Peace is given as a gift. Peace is actually, you say, I'm looking for peace. How many of you say, I'm looking for peace? Good news is this. Peace is looking for you, right? been looking for peace well the good news is peace is looking for you peace is a person isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and you know this we've we read this at christmas it says for unto us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father what prince of peace that's his name this is who he is. It's not just his name. It's not just the title that he carries. It's something that describes who he is. He is the prince of peace. He is the one who has the authority of peace. He is the author of peace, right? He is the one who writes peace on our hearts. And he is the one who has the authority to give it and to distribute it as much as he wants. And so for us, when we look at this, peace is looking for us. Peace is a person. Peace is the gift that Jesus gives, and peace is the person that Jesus is. Peace isn't lost either. 
And this was something I guess I really kind of had to think about. Somebody said this. It said, peace isn't lost, it's given away. And I had to think about that. And I, I thought, you know, I think there's some truth in that. Actually, I think this. I think peace isn't lost. Peace is replaced. It gets replaced with other things. We fill our lives with everything other than Jesus. We, we fill our life up with stuff. And it's like, well, maybe this will do it. Maybe this will do it. Maybe this will do it. And we go shopping and we, we jump in and out of relationships. And we do this and that. We take things and we think, maybe this will do it. And it never does. Because it was never meant to. It can't. Right? This, we were created to have this relationship with God. And in that relationship, he gives us a gift. And it's the gift that Jesus brings. It's the gift of peace that he wants to bring into our life. And so peace isn't lost. It just gets replaced. We fill our lives with everything other than Jesus. Somebody told me this once. They said, you can't park two cars in one space. I've parked one car in two spaces. People hate that, I promise. But you can't park two cars in one space. You can't park peace in your life and also have confusion. You can't park peace in your life and, and also have all these other things that you're grabbing, grabbing hold of and, and reaching out for. You can't have both. You're going to hold on to one and let go of the other at some point. And a lot of times what we do is we let go of our peace because we've grabbed hold of something else. And so peace isn't lost. It just gets replaced. And see, if you're okay with just a little bit of God, that's a problem, right? If you're okay with just the peace of Jesus, you'll never experience the peace of Jesus. See, some of us, that's where we're at. We come to church and we do just a little bit. We never totally surrender. We never totally uh, give it all over. We never totally just say, God, I'm, I'm giving you everything. We say, I'll give you this. Those are the things that really hurt. Those are the things that, God, I really need help in, but there's some things that I want to keep to myself. And that's just kind of trying to piecemeal God. And if you do that, you'll never get the peace of God. Because that's not how he plays. That's not, that's not his plan. His plan is this. He says, you surrender to me, and you give me everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I've got good for you. Not saying that we won't ever experience ugly. Not saying that we won't ever experience trouble. Actually, Jesus said that we would. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. In this world, you're going to have trouble. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And what I give you is better than that. What I give you is bigger than that. It goes longer than that. So if you're okay with just a little piece of Jesus, you'll never experience the peace of Jesus. There was a guy by the name of Henry. He, um, he was a professor at Harvard College back in the 1800s. And Henry, uh, he was having life just, he was living his best life basically, right? He was having things as he wanted them, wanted to have them. And uh, he had his eye on this girl, Mary, and they got married. And Henry and Mary, uh, they, she got pregnant. And during this pregnancy, she miscarried. And just a few days after she miscarried the child, she died from complications. And Henry was just crushed. He was heartbroken. He was shaken. And he went 
12 years just carrying this weight, carrying this, this grief. And he went 12 years, and he met this woman named Frances. Frances came into his life, and Frances changed his entire world, right? She made his house into a home. They got married. Things changed for him. He found joy again. They actually wound up having six children, right? Come on, six kid people. That's way, that's way more than a minivan. That's a bus, right? You're driving a bluebird at that point. And, and so um, Henry and Francis, they have this life that they're building, that they've built. Uh, you know, her dad has given them a house uh, outside, uh, outside Harvard, and they're living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and if things are great, things are wonderful. And uh, one day, um, Frances is, she is making some, she's actually trying to seal a letter, and they melt wax when they would do a seal, and so she's trying to seal a letter, and she's using a candle, and the candle lights her dress on fire, and her dress just is engulfed in flames and she's running around trying to uh, figure out what to do and she runs into the next room where Henry's at. Henry grabs her and just, you know, immediately tries to put the flames out. And she's burned so bad that she dies the next morning. And he's got six kids. He's got a son. He's got little girls. <sighs> And so the next year is just, just horrible for him. He's, he's walking through carrying this pain. He's walking through carrying this grief again. God, here I am again. He writes letters to his friends, and he's just talking about how, you know, uh, how he's just carrying this inexpressible grief and how the holidays are just, there's just so much sadness. And it goes into about a year. And during this year, the Civil War begins so not only has he experienced personal grief now the country is in a great divide and during this time his oldest son 16 years old his name is charlie charlie runs off and joins the union army against his father's wishes charlie is serving in the war and charlie he's, he's just Henry's worried about him. He's, he, he doesn't know exactly where he's at, but he gets these letters, and then he comes to find out that Charlie's been wounded. Charlie has um, suffered a, a wound to his back, has clipped his spine, um, and he's, they don't know if he's going to make it. So Henry travels to get his son and to bring him back home to convalesce. And it's around Christmas time. And he's just like, there's just so much sadness in the world. And actually, it's almost 160 years to this day. 160 years ago, Henry sits down, and he writes a poem. And maybe you've heard this before. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. 
then pealed the, ba- the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. See, I think that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, you might have heard of him, began to just remember where peace truly comes from. Maybe your circumstance has disturbed your peace. Maybe the things surrounding you aren't very peaceful. But the beauty about shalom, the beauty about what Jesus brings, is it does not depend on our circumstances. The gift that Jesus gives us is not dependent on the things that we're surrounded by. Whether we're surrounded by chaotic times, chaotic relationships, whether we're surrounded by struggle and strife, What Jesus brings us in the midst of all that, it says you can still have peace. Isaiah 26, 3, I love this verse. It was a verse that my mom, after my dad died, she had trouble sleeping at night. And um, this was a verse that God led her to. And she's just kind of underlined this in her Bible. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You keep him in perfect peace. That word perfect is not even in the original translation. Actually, it's, it's, if you look at it, it's, it's shalom twice. So you have peace. You keep him in shalom, shalom. In, in the Hebrew language, they don't have superlatives like very or anything like that. right? And so to emphasize something, you just say it twice. Shalom, shalom. What that does is it emphasizes, it says you keep him in Shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on you, whose mind is directed and focused and intentionally put on you because he trusts you. How many of you guys today, you just say, that's the kind of peace I want? Because peace is a person, you can have that, and Jesus offers it to every one of us. And I want you guys to stand with me. The last point here this morning is this. Peace is not the absence of problems but it's the presence of Jesus. Peace is a person. It is a gift. And if you're looking for peace, like I said, good news, peace is looking for you. He's been looking for you for a long time. He wants to be in your life. He wants to have total control of who you are. And so this morning, that's what we come to do. That's that's where we're at. And this is very simple. I'm not saying it's easy. To surrender sometimes is difficult. Because we have to put away those sides of us that want to step forward like the prideful side of us. Anybody ever dealt with pride? I do. Those sides of us that say, I can do this on my own. Those sides of us that says, I don't want God's help with this. I really don't want God in this because I want this to be just my own thing. See, surrender isn't easy, but it's, it's a simple thing. It's where we turn over control. It's where we say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of everything in my life. So it heads about. This morning, I just want you to think about this. Jesus gives us peace. Jesus is 